little smile for a Wednesday. Every Wednesday at this time, we talk with Scott Maxwell, who's Mr. Maxwell. He writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel. And every Wednesday, we talk about what he's writing about, what he's thinking about. Without further ado, please welcome Scott Maxwell back to the program. Hello, Mr. Maxwell. Good afternoon, Jim. How are you guys doing today? Doing very well. How about you? <laughs> I am doing well. I was uh, I just uh, was opening up an email from the House Speaker's office uh, that began with, uh, let's see, damn, that was a swift kick in the nuts. <laughs> what now? Who, what? Do what now? What's happening? I think they just read my column. Oh. Yeah. Well, your column is about what? Essentially, are they doing anything in Tallahassee? I mean, normally they generally don't, but I mean, this time around, it doesn't seem like they're getting anything done. No, God. I mean, nothing other than this Parkland, and that's going to be more pomp and circumstance than anything else in my estimation. Because one of the things they're talking about is they talk about more money for mental, mental health. Let's just pick that oh, one, as yeah, a, okay. for example. Well, amen. I mean, this is – hey, welcome to the freaking party. Some of us have been talking all about this long before, you know, 17 bodies were slaughtered in the school that we were ranked mm-hmm. 48th or 49th. But uh, just all this talk about we're going to do money, it doesn't mean squat to me. I want to see the numbers. You know, uh, and uh, I, I haven't seen the numbers that show how much more money you're going to get for that. So there are things you could do on uh, gun control. It's, it's a multifaceted effort. I think there are things you could do, things that you've talked about, things that I've talked about, the really basic ones that virtually everyone agrees on are universal background checks, uh, like 90, that have something like 80, 90% support from Republicans, Democrats, NRA members even, or, and uh, high-capacity magazines. But they're not going to do any of that stuff. All right, let me, let me go through the list. Will the legislature raise the age limit for the purchase of uh, firearms to 21? Maybe so, yeah, 18 to 21. Well, I don't even think it's firearms. I think it's for those AR-15 type. I don't okay. think it's all firearms. All right. yeah. all right. Yes, yes, there will be a, 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 a classification, one group of uh, weapons that the age will be raised. Oh, so you could go and buy a shotgun right off the rack, or I maybe think, a... I have to tell you, it keeps changing, but that's my understanding. Okay, yeah. all right. Because you, you can't get between, you know, that's the whole God-given, right. you know, Southern guy's right to go shoot things in the field. Well, then, NRA, Marion Hammer, who is the lobbyist for the NRA in Florida, she can't be happy over that. No, they don't, want any, they don't want any uh, give at all. And, 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 and on that front, it is a big deal. The way I tell people is what they are doing is absolutely minor. In the grand scheme of things, and yet also gigantic in the scheme uh, to the extent that they're doing anything. Because usually they just pee their pants when she tells them what to do. And they go, okay, okay, Marion, don't, yeah. don't run anybody against me. And, and, and that's one of the things I uh, have in my column for tomorrow that I think people don't understand. I, I, I get a lot of emails. I've probably gotten, you know. 30 in the past week that say, you guys have to write how much money these folks get from the NRA. I don't. I, right, they, they get some money, but I actually ran these numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Disney, for example, gives 10 times as much money as the NRA does. I have seen uh, years where the Walt Disney gives more money just to members of the Florida legislature than the NRA gives to all politicians in America. I mean, the amount of money the NRA gives is not much. The NRA's power comes from its threatened to challenge politicians, mainly Republicans, mm-hmm. in primaries if they cross them at all. And that means even even if they, uh, uh, a Republican supports a, a something that people generally support, like universal background checks, they go and they tell them, 
if you support this, we will cream you. We will recruit another candidate to run against you in the primary. We will tell everybody you are anti-Second Amendment. They had a guy last year who voted for something really basic, like to kill the, the move to put uh, campuses, you know, uh, guns on campuses. And they said, we know you're out of the legislature. We will hunt you down for the rest of the time you ever try to do it for anything. And when this legislator tried to be a judge, they sabotaged his chance to be a judge. Well, you're right. It's not the amount of money that they no. pour into a campaign. It's the threat of finding a primary challenge, because you know as well as yeah. I do, and maybe most people don't, you know, these primary elections, the first time around, the voter turnout is very, very, very low. Right. You, can, you can grab somebody off the street and say yep. and, and tell your one-issue voters, NRA-type people, go vote for this yep. chucklehead, and they'll win the primary. And that's why incumbent politicians are so deathly afraid of this organization that's that's exactly right and their their voters are more loyal than other people right. and so it, it, even if you, you say something like they, they put out a, a wackadoo uh bill like like docks and glocks this this is a bill that everybody in their right freaking mind knew was nutty knew was unconstitutional you tried to tell doctors that even if a patient walks in and says hey doc i want to have a conversation with you about my fi- firearm safety they wanted to make it a crime so they all vote for something like that why because if they don't they know that marion hammer is going to find somebody else to run against them and they're going to run ads that say, and, and this is actually how the ads run, they say, when you're uh, asleep in your house late at night and your wife and children uh, are being threatened, what? Representative Joe Blow doesn't want you to have a firearm anymore right. to protect yourself. And then the NRA members get out there. So, so there's three people. Why does this work? Because A, uh, NRA members support it. They, some, uh, some of them will call up and say, I don't agree with everything they do. Well, you write the damn check, don't you? You right. still let you put your name on the roster, so you, you're absolutely complicit in that kind of thing. So you got NRA members, you got their voters who are really good at getting out there, and you have a whole legislature full of politicians who care more about being in office than doing the right thing. Uh, so that, that those things keep happening. Think anything's about to change. I mean, there is... You know, I, I talked about this yesterday, political science. I can't remember the entire term, but it's the, like the, uh, it's called uh, regime change cascading. And what it means is, you know, sometimes there is a cultural movement that you know, where the seed is planted and it takes off where people who may have been reluctant to take part in something, even though they believe in the cause, as they see more and more people taking part, they're less like they're, they're more likely to take part in themselves. And it has a cascading effect. I'm just wondering whether the parkland shooting has a lot. I don't mean this disrespectfully, but has a life of its own where it will grow maybe in the state of Florida where something will be done, or you think it's a flash in the pan? I'm not sure. You know me. I, the, I'm so quick to be cynical about this stuff because we've had so many things that, that you might one might consider landmark or ground-shifting mm-hmm. things, and they simply aren't. Uh, but I do sense something a little different to the extent that I was actually thinking about writing something. I, for Sunday, I, I sense that legislators are nervous. Uh, because there are there is a new generation, and they are not just screaming from their classrooms. They're not just tweeting or putting up Instagrams and Snapchats. Snapchats. They have trekked to Tallahassee, and what they are seeing is once you watch these people in action, mm-hmm. it's gross. 
They're mm-hmm. gross people that do gross things. And I think if you are starting to, uh, to learn, you look at what they're doing, it's not just NRA things. You, you start to see that they're, they don't take, take care of disabled people, that they, they shaft the environment. And I think they are getting nervous that there's a whole new bunch of people who are starting to actually pay attention to what they do. And if you watch what people in Tallahassee do, you can't help but get pissed off. It comes back to the whole thing you've said a, a million times, Jim. If you're not pissed off, you're paying attention, and people are starting to pay attention. Yeah, I just wonder, because you see a certain shift in the corporate culture, where corporate America is taking sides in in, in things of a social nature, uh, yeah. whether it's the Me Too movement uh, and, some, and some other things as well. I'm just wondering... You know, whether it's Dick Sporting Goods and, and other organizations, corporations, you know, take a stand on this. And I relate this to what's happened in Georgia when it comes to uh, when it comes to was it Delta and Delta, you know, the land is the is the hub for Delta. And they have, I think, a candidate for governor who says, look, uh, uh, Delta has taken a stand and severed its relationship with the NRA. And as long as they do that, we're going to fight them. Say you're not getting your fifty million dollar uh, tax uh, break on on jet fuel. And uh, I'm just wondering whether you know corporations take a look at the you know Delta could say, well, screw you. You know, we'll move to Charlotte or Nashville. It's not that easy. No, it's not that easy. But can still make that threat. Because Delta think, Delta employs a lot of people at Hartsfield in Atlanta, International yeah. Airport in Atlanta. You could come back at this at this squirrel and say, "Oh, you want to do that fight? You want to you want us to say how many jobs would be lost if all you have to do is have is Delta to say, you know, we just got called by Charlotte. You know, it's interesting. They're a little mm-hmm. bit interested in us uh, moving the hub. I mean, this, these kind of things do work. And I'm wondering whether corporate America looking Florida would say. Yeah, we'll move there or won't move there, depending on how the governor and the legislature operate in relation to this particular issue. I do think we're seeing some sort of corporate sea uh, change, sea change, and that, that, as you mentioned, Dix was interesting. Yeah. And uh, if I understand it correctly, Dix did a similar move after a previous shooting, and it was temporary. Uh, they said basically in respect for what's going on. I can't even remember which shooting it was. I don't think it was in Vegas. I, didn't, I don't think it was pre- prior to that. They said we're going to stop selling the you know assault weapon, the AR-15 type things, and then they went back. This time they're saying no, this this is over, and then if it costs us money, it's okay. But we that's fine. We're we're not going to be a part of this anymore. I still think they look at the bottom lines, and they've decided that that's not going to cost them that much. I also think that if I understand this protest, what you're talking about in Georgia correctly, yeah. if you boil it down, I don't. I think this one's going to backfire because think about what they're fussing about what delta did if i understand and you can correct me if i'm wrong is they said your your no, your group no longer getting a discount that's correct. what they that what did it is? uh-huh that, that is it that's it yeah that's it's what a we're discount. going to the mat over that you, that you're, you're not getting a 15 percent on your coach flight to albuquerque that's i got to tell you i think you picked them picking battles is important and i think they're picking the wrong ones to go to the mat over if that's it i i i, I do think the lobbyists for delta would would meet with this candidate or somebody behind closed doors and say you really want to you really want to have a fight over this i mean for, uh, you know all we have right. to do all we have to do is send out the word whether it's real or not that other cities are interested because of this kerfuffle, uh, they're interested in Delta moving their hub to someplace else, and you will get a rise out of people in Atlanta and the suburbs who count on that Delta job, who count on that job at Hartsfield International Airport. Well, that's right. If you told the NRA, if the NRA told people that Delta was banning NRA members for getting on their flight, okay, people get worked up. But if you're if you're trying to get people to, hey, we're we're gonna march on Delta, cause cause why again? Cause, <laughs> cause they're not getting a fifteen percent discount. I don't get. I'm gonna go get in line for it. I just don't. 
You, you better pick a different one in, all right? Hey, talk to me about Mr. Rogers. Had a column on Mr. Rogers, who yeah, was uh, if, Rollins College graduate. Pardon me? Was I into him? No. No, did you ever run into him around town? He was in Winter Park, up not too far from where no, you guys are. I, no, I, I, you know, no, I, I wasn't tied into Mr. Rogers. I don't have kids, <laughs> and I was too busy marching in the streets to pay any attention to Mr. Rogers. Oh, I, can, I can see that. Yeah, no, he was, uh, as you may know, went to uh, Rollins, yeah. I believe it was a, a music major, and uh, had basically ran a kids program for about uh, 50 years. I, I grew up watching it along with it. I bet Jack did. I did. Matter of fact, my sisters were worried I was going to turn out gay because I watched so much of it. (laughs) I'm not not sure that was the message in uh, that program. Probably not. No, but uh, he he did seem like a little light in the loafers, but he took them off every day and put on his tennis shoes. But he was not. He was a married guy. But but one of the things that I think I, it was after a bad. I told Mo this last week when you were out, Jim. That after a bad week, I needed I needed a break. And and there is something I think to be taken away from what the Mister Rogers message, which was every day I like you just the way you are. Aww. Because right now, kids, and that includes mine, they're, they're just inundated with basically the way you are sucks. Uh, if you are not, if you don't have your YouTube channel, if you are not, uh, don't have enough in- likes on Instagram or Snapchat, they are pummeled with insecurities uh, all day long and anxiety. And uh, I can't help but think that feeds into this people just going batty in a way uh, that they didn't. 40 years ago. So, yes, it's his 50th anniversary. There's a lot of big stuff. There's a postage stamp. Tom Hanks is playing him in a, mu- a movie. And Rollins has a free tour that anybody can walk along the Rollins campus and go see a sweater, his uh, shoes, his uh, whatnot, and some of the things he wrote when he was at Rollins. Frank Brunei in the New York Times has a great column today about uh, you know masculinity and the messages that we send to, to boys and young men about what it means to be a man and how screwed up you know, American men can be this sense of hyper masculinity and aggression, and uh, it's it's interesting. I, you know, I don't. I sometimes wonder whether we, as you know, as a society, do a very good job in you know raising boys now, or certain boys. I mean, certain boys can get caught into a into this trap of here's what it takes to be a man, and it's all a, it's all phony. It's and all it, just a and, bunch and of bunk. I, I think I, I, I would. I'll be interested to read that. It is because I good. absolutely, I absolutely agree with that. And I and I mentioned I touched on it very briefly in the Rogers thing. I raised my son differently uh, than I raised my daughter, and uh, and not in ways that I'm necessarily proud of. Is that, that if both of them were to come to me with basically the same problem, if it was my daughter, I mm-hmm. might say, "Let's sit down and let's talk about it." And if it's my son, I'd say, "Hey, nut up, bud." You yeah, know? take a look at it. Read and I'd like to to know what you think of it. Yeah, so I, I think I think that we absolutely teach them that way, and I don't want them to be perceived as weak. Uh, and I think it gets drilled in the music he listens to. It's it's completely different than what girls are doing. It's a lot of you know this hip hop sort of thug street tough life, and yeah. yeah. Anyway, what's coming up in the next column? I think I'm going to worry about what you're talking about. I'm going to say, hey, kids, hey, from Parkland, if you're paying attention uh, for the first time, let me introduce you to how politics work, yep. uh, and I hope your interest won't uh, cease there after go. this. Good job. Thank you very much, right. Mr. Thanks Maxwell. Yes, Scott Maxwell, he writes the Taking Names column for the Orlando Sentinel, joins us every Wednesday on Real Radio 104.1. The Shot Doctor is coming up next. 
Can't get enough of the monsters on iHeartRadio? Now you can also watch the monsters in the morning on the new iHeartMonsters YouTube channel by going to monsters.fm. And listen every weekday morning on Real Radio 104.1.